So we're going to have a reading from Isaiah 53, starting at verse 3. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrow, acquainted with bitter grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised, and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. But he was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was whipped, and we were healed. All of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the guilt and sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearer, he did not open his mouth. From prison and trial they led him away to his death. But who among the people realized that he was dying for their sins, that he was suffering their punishment? He had done no wrong, and he never any, deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and fill him with grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he'll have a multitude of children, many heirs. He'll enjoy a long life, and the Lord's plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of what he has experienced, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of one who is mighty and great, because he exposed himself to death. He was accounted among those who were sinners. He bore the sins of many and interceded for sinners. So tonight... So tonight we kick off our new sermon series called Why Easter? And as we read that passage of scripture, it's not like Psalm 100. Psalm 100 says, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord, he is God. It's very triumphant. But Isaiah 53 is very somber. As we hear a prophecy that was written about the suffering of Jesus that do you find it crazy that hundreds of years before Christ came, Isaiah wrote that about Jesus' suffering? That just blows my mind. And as we dive into this new sermon series called Why Easter, this, these messages and these sermons, at least for the next week or two, are going to have more of a somber feel. And so it might cause you to be a bit more reflective and introspective, and the energy in the room might be more somber. And I just want to say it's okay. It's okay that if you're, if you're more introspective versus expressive. If, you, if, the, if the crowd is a little more quiet, that's probably going to be the case. Because as we're talking about today and next week, we're talking about the suffering and the death of Jesus. And so the sermon series is called Why Easter? Like, what's the big deal with Easter? And in particular, what's so significant about the suffering, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ? And what does any of that have any bearing on my life? 
And so let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing as we dive in tonight. Father, thanks for tonight. Thanks for the opportunity to be in your presence. And Lord, we just look to you. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit would lead and empower and illuminate as we think about your suffering tonight, God. Would you just help us to clearly see the work you've done on our behalf, God? We love you, Lord, and we welcome you here. In Jesus' name, amen. And so for the Christian that is here, if you're here tonight and you are a follower of Jesus, my hope is that this sermon series will actually give you an opportunity to look deeper into this mystery because the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus, it is a mystery. It's a historical event, but it actually means something. And for those of us that aren't Christians, coming to faith in Jesus is the thing that gets us right with God if we've been tracking along in Romans. But God loves us just the way we are, but too much to keep us that way. And so after we become a Christian, there's still more things in the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus that God wants to show us. There's still things, there's actually a treasure trove to mine that Jesus kind of made away for us at the cross. And so I just want to encourage you, for if you're here today and you're a believer in Jesus, my prayer is that God would just show you something deeper. Or if you're here today and maybe you haven't yet to make a decision to accept Christ, I'm hoping that over the next few weeks, this will really help you make the steps you need to make to come to faith in him. So today we start with the suffering of Jesus. You know, Jesus knew that he was going to have to suffer. He actually predicted it and multiple times. In Luke chapter 9, verse 22, it says this, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So the Holy Spirit had revealed that Jesus was going to suffer, okay? Jesus knew this, so much so that he told his disciples that he was going to suffer, that he was going to be rejected by the chief priests and leaders. And if you fast forward the story of Jesus, you end up in a garden, in the garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus was praying, and he was wrestling, and he asked his father, Father, if this cup of suffering can be passed for me, let it be so, but nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. The Bible teaches us that Jesus was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. His mind, will, and emotions were so taxed and tapped out, his soul was at the point of death. Can you imagine that? And why was Jesus feeling such tremendous anguish as the scripture talks about? It's because Jesus was taking on himself the sins of the entire world. And he was suffering with that. So much so that the scripture teaches that Jesus sweat drops of blood. When I was in Israel a couple years ago, we actually had opportunity to go into the Garden of Gethsemane. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, there's these olive trees. And one of our guides told us that olive trees actually live multiple thousands of years. I didn't know that. And as I got like, looking around at these olive trees, kind of, it's kind of a gloomy spot. The trees are really old and dark, and it kind of has a, a gloomy feel to it. And I just got thinking about like, if these olive trees 
had eyes and ears. And they could retell what it was like to actually be there in the garden watching Jesus struggle with great anguish as he was making the decision to drink from this cup of suffering. And he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And the Father gave Jesus a task to carry out, a task that had some incredible hurdles of suffering. Jesus had to suffer spiritually. Jesus had to suffer physically. Jesus had to suffer emotionally. And Jesus had to suffer mentally. And so as we kind of walk through the story here tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about what Jesus actually went through in his suffering. We want to talk about both how he suffered and why he suffered. The Bible says that he had anguish. As he, the, the scripture says, pray more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling on the ground. The Bible teaches us that Judas betrayed Jesus. He sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. And Judas comes in to the Garden of Gethsemane, leads these troops, and guess how Judas betrayed Jesus? With a kiss. Ever been betrayed before? Have you ever been stabbed in the back by someone? Like, I don't know about you, but I'd probably rather be slapped in the face than stabbed in the back, if you know what I'm saying. Now, some of you are like, man, I'll take the slap any day. But emotional wounds tend to heal so much harder. And so Jesus was betrayed by Judas. And then he was denied by one of his best friends, Peter. Denied him three times. The man that was willing to fight for Jesus, brings out the sword and cuts off the ear of Malchus, wasn't willing to die for Jesus. And was questioned three times about, do you know this man? No, I don't know him. And the Bible says when Peter denied Jesus the third time, Jesus looked right at him. He knew that he had been denied. How would you feel if you invested your blood, sweat, and tears for three years into someone, and one of them betrays you and is unfaithful to you, sells you out, and the other one denies they even know you? And one of them happens to be your best friend. So not only did Jesus suffer physically, I want you to see tonight that Jesus suffered emotionally. The Bible says that he was rejected. And how many of you have ever experienced rejection before? I think a lot of people carry wounds of rejection, whether it's been from a relationship or a friend or just whatever the case may be. I think a lot of people are wounded because of rejection. Well, Jesus knows what that feels like. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to be rejected. And he understands. He understands because he suffered. The Bible teaches us that 
the scribes and the high priests, just as Jesus predicted, they rejected Jesus. And they're asking him questions. And as the scripture in Isaiah chapter 53 says, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter and he did not open his mouth because we see it fulfilled. The prophecy is fulfilled when Jesus appears before the Jewish council. They are questioning him over and over again. And what does the Bible teach us? He was silent. Didn't try to defend himself. And then the high priest, the man of authority, says this, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, you have said so. But I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. And on this note, the high priest tears his robe, accuses him of blasphemy, and condemns Jesus to death. And then the Bible teaches us that they put a blindfold on him and told him to prophesy about who was smacking him. If you're the Messiah, tell us who hit you last. And the Bible says they mocked him and they spit on him. You ever been, like, someone ever say something to you that's really, really been hurtful? How many of you have ever been wounded by words? Like, you know that thing that they used to teach kids? And I noticed they don't really say it anymore. I think it's probably a good thing. Sticks and stones. Someone said it, yes. Sticks and stones might hurt my bo- break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Fake news. That's not true. Don't teach that to your kids. Words hurt. And Jesus experienced such cutting, malicious Words, he was wounded for us. And what's crazy about what's happening here in this passage of Scripture, in the story of Jesus' suffering, is Jesus was the epitome of perfection, was he not? Totally innocent and totally pure. And what does sinful mankind do to absolute innocence and total purity? It destroys it. And so we see it wasn't just the physical and emotional things. Jesus was taking on himself in his suffering the sins of all the world. It's a mystery, but it's the truth. It's what the Bible teaches us. So he experienced grief to the point of death. He was arrested. He was deserted by his disciples. He experienced betrayal. He was Denied by his best friend, basically. He was rejected. He was accused. He was condemned to death. He was abused and spit on and mocked. And I want to ask you the question here tonight. How do you think Jesus is processing and feeling at this point in time? What's going through his head and heart halfway through this journey? Knowing that there's more still to come. I know if I was in his shoes, I'd be like calling the 12 legions of angels that he referred to in the Garden of Gethsemane, saying, all right, I'm done. This is just too much. I can't handle. Like, Jesus had a job to do, but he had to push through all the suffering to get the job done. And I don't know about you, but when you're struggling with something, isn't it hard to do your job? Like, when you have an upset stomach... Or when you're struggling with something emotionally, or like, isn't it hard to focus and to get the job done? 
Yeah. And Jesus knew that a job had to be done, and yet he had to like push through all these barricades and all these barriers because the Father had asked him to die, not just suffer. And so Jesus is trying to push through all of this. Then he's handed over to this guy named Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate is this governor. And instead of being the kind of judge he ought to be and give Jesus, who was totally innocent, a fair trial, he's all about being political. He's all about succumbing so that riots don't come up and to keep the peace of Rome rather than have justice. And so literally the legal system failed Jesus. And then the Bible teaches us that he was handed over to be scorched. And that the whole, the Roman battalion at the time brought him out in front of all the Roman battalion. Imagine for a second that y'all are the Roman battalion in Jerusalem tonight. And Jesus is brought out here on stage, sitting down here. And he's stripped down. And then they take a robe and they put it on him. And they give him a reed as a pretend scepter. And they take a crown of thorns and they punch it into his head. And then the whole army mocked him, spit on him, take his reed and hit him over the head with it. That's what happened. And Jesus was silent. He endured suffering. Then the Bible says that he was led away to be crucified. Now, crucifixion in ancient times, it was often the case that when someone was crucified, they were mocked and they were scorched. That was common practice back then. And this is a bit graphic, but the scourging was done with leather strips, and the leather strips had nails and glass and stones that were whipped over whoever it was back that kind of beat on the flesh of the person. That's what Jesus experienced. And he was scourged and tortured so bad before he took the cross that the Bible teaches us he couldn't even carry the cross anymore. This is Jesus. He was fully God, but he was fully man. He was beaten so bad before he got to the cross that he couldn't even carry the cross. And it was common practice for the person that was being crucified to carry their cross. And often they had a placard around their neck. And the placard said their name and the crime that they had done. And crucifixion was reserved for the worst kind of criminal. It was the worst penalty. And so Jesus carried his cross until this man had to help him. Imagine going through Barrington carrying a cross and everyone in the community knowing that you are the worst kind of criminal that exists and it's actually not true. Have you ever been labeled before? Someone projects that this is the way you are, this is who you are, and you're never going to change. You ever felt that way? You ever felt labeled before? Jesus gets it. He was labeled. And the part that's like hard to digest for us is like, 
Jesus experienced humiliation on so many levels. And he did it all alone. He was publicly disgraced by the Jewish council. Then he was brought before the Romans. He was publicly disgraced before the Romans. And then after that, he had to carry his cross. And everyone walking by would say, this is the worst kind of criminal. And often with crucifixion, they wouldn't do it somewhere secret. They'd actually do it at a very, very public place to humiliate the individual, but also deter anyone else from trying to cause riots and uprisings and insurrections. So, you know, if a crucifixion 2,000 years ago were to happen in Barrington, you know where it would happen? Right here at the light. So everyone going by would know, don't be like this person. And so Jesus endured total humility, total embarrassment, and he was totally innocent. So how are you processing this tonight? What's going through your head and heart as you hear the retelling of the suffering of Jesus? Now, some of you are disturbed. You can't go there. You don't want to think about it. Some of you might be even angry. The justice side of you says, that's not fair. And you're right. And some of you actually go and you're taken back because you've actually made the connection that the suffering of Jesus wasn't just a historical event. That the suffering of Jesus actually means something to my life. That there's a reason why Jesus suffered. But some people don't make that connection. You know, did you guys know that most historians, even non-Christian and atheist historians, believe that Jesus of Nazareth was a person? Did you know that? Most credible historians that are non-Christian believe that Jesus was actually a person. And a lot of them believe that Jesus actually died on a cross. What they don't know or believe is why. Why did Jesus suffer from such sinful man? Why did he suffer for us? And you know, even some of his followers didn't fully get it. If you Go into uh, Luke chapter 24. There's two people that are on the road to Emmaus, a city, on the way from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And the Bible teaches us that Jesus hid his identity from these two fellows. And as they're walking along, Jesus asks them a question. Say, hey, what's up? What's going on? And they begin to tell them about the events that have happened in Jerusalem. Say, are you the only one? around here that hasn't heard this yarn? There was this man, this prophet sent from God, and he did miracles and signs and wonders, and, and we thought he was like, he, we thought he was the, next, the Messiah, the one to come. But the chief leaders and, and priests condemned him to death, and he was crucified, and he died. And we thought he was the hope of Israel. They were depressed. They thought it was over, this movement that had started. You know what Jesus does? He rebukes them. This is what the scriptures say. It says, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe, all that the prophets have spoken. 
Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he had interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So Jesus started in the first five books of Moses, starting in Genesis, and worked through the entire Old Testament to show them the Messiah had to suffer. That is part of the package. In order for scripture to be fulfilled, the Messiah had to suffer. And so he begins to show them about this account. And it's funny because Jesus continues on with these two people and he pretends like he's going to go on to the next village and they invite him to come in and he sits down and they get ready to have supper. And the Bible teaches us that as soon as Jesus breaks bread, their eyes are opened and they realize it's a Christ and boom, he's gone. And they say, didn't our hearts feel strangely warmed when he was talking with us on the road? See, that's the difference. They were starting to not just understand what happened. Their hearts were being warmed because they were beginning to understand why it happened. That Jesus actually suffered for a purpose. And Isaiah 53 actually shows us that purpose. Why did Jesus suffer? Well, he was pierced for your transgressions. He was crushed for your sins. The punishment that brought you peace was upon him. And by his wounds, you are healed. All of you, like sheep, have gone astray. All of you have turned to your own way. But God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus suffered for you so you could experience peace, so you could experience healing. That's why Jesus suffered. And you can be someone that believes in Jesus, but you haven't fully internalized the fact that Christ did that for me. And so I actually have access into the presence of God now for healing for that broken wounds I have. There's a lot of believers in Jesus that are following Christ right now that are walking around as wounded warriors. And I have great news for you. Christ can and will heal you. Because the scripture says, by his stripes, we are healed. There's people right now that are struggling mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And Jesus' stripes were taken on his back to offer you healing. God can and will heal and restore. You see, Jesus was broken to pieces so you could be made whole. His body was broken so you could be healed. That's what Christ offers by faith if you believe. That's why he suffered, is to bring you peace and to bring you healing. I'm going to invite the worship team to come at this time. You know, for the first time in over two years, we're going to do something tonight. We're going to celebrate communion. I love celebrating communion because I love the reminder that it gives us that Christ's body was broken and his blood was shed for you and for me. You know, in John's gospel, 
Jesus tried to help his disciples at that time understand that unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot have life. You know what a lot of his disciples did when Jesus said that teaching? A lot of them walked away and deserted him. They were like, eat my flesh and drink my blood. We don't understand this teaching. What was Jesus trying to communicate to the people? He was trying to communicate this. If you want life, you have got to internalize what the broken body of Jesus actually means. If you want life, you've got to internalize what the shed blood of Jesus means because it's more than just a historical event. It's that. It actually happened. Jesus did suffer at the hands of sinful man. That happened. But what's amazing and great news for us here today is that because that happened, it means something in our lives. It means something in our day-to-day struggles. When we go through suffering, when we go through challenging times, when we don't feel like we can push through anymore, it means something to us. Because God says, I understand. I know what it is to suffer. And I empathize with you when you push through your suffering, when you push through your hard times, when you feel like throwing in the towel, I get it because I suffered. And I have this ability, God is saying, to come into your life and to heal you, to restore those wounds, to, to, to heal the scars, to touch you in a way that no one else can. That's what Jesus does. Jesus touches our brokenness in a way that no one else can. That's good news. And that's what Christ offers. And because Jesus took stripes in his back, because he was scourged on our behalf, we have access to the healing power of Christ today. Are you broken inside? Do you need a touch from Jesus tonight? Because I'm thankful that in my moments of brokenness, Jesus can touch my heart and heal my wounds. And by faith, I believe that. And the good news is that when you go through moments where you're broken and hurting inside, Jesus can heal you. He can touch your life. Whether you've been a Christian for 40 years, or whether you don't know him. He invites you to come, and he says, I love you. I suffered everything because I love you, and I want to make you complete. I want to make you whole. That's the good news of the gospel. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Jesus. And by his wounds. We are healed. Father, thank you for tonight, and thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. I just pray, God, tonight, if there's people that are struggling with things that are broken inside, God, you would touch them and heal them. For those that are here tonight that maybe have yet to make that decision to put their faith in you, would you help them to make that step? And God, would your just spirit break out in this place? Touch hearts and touch lives and draw people into a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to sing a song here in a second. If you need prayer, if you have an area of brokenness in your life, 
and you want someone to pray with you, I invite you to come forward for prayer. If you're here tonight, you have yet to make the decision to accept Jesus into your heart, and you'd like to make that decision, I want to invite you to come forward for prayer. We want to pray with you tonight and ask the Spirit to touch your life.